In our short gospel reading, the Apostle John uses a form of the word pisteo, believe, four times. In fact, he uses this word 90 times in his gospel, indicating that this concept of belief for, is important for him and it ought to be for us. What does it mean when one says, I believe? It helps to go and look at the Hebrew word for believe, aman, from which we get the word, amen. It's used some 110 times in the Old Testament, again implying it is an important concept, an important reality in the life of those called to be in a covenant relationship with God. In the book of Exodus, chapter 4, Moses was very frightened by the two tasks God gave him. Go to Pharaoh, liberate my people. And Moses said in verse 1, but suppose they do not, Amon, believe me, or listen to me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you. That's a very perfectly valid concern. And God reassured Moses that he will empower Moses to perform signs that will bring the people to belief, to give assent to Moses' words as coming from God, to have confidence in Moses as God's messenger, to trust in God's promises, and to accept that they are called into a unique relationship with God. To believe, then, is not an intellectual exercise. It is a turning of the whole of one's being toward God. So when the Apostle John tells us that God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him, and then added, whoever believes in him will not be condemned, he is using this Hebraic, this Jewish understanding of what it means to aman, believe to be convinced of the truth that Jesus is the Son of God, the truth that he and his Father are one, to give assent that what the Son speaks and teaches comes directly from the Father, to trust that bonded to the Son, we are in a covenant relationship with his Father in this life and in the next. And this aman, this belief, must form how we live. Today, lots of folks say they believe in Jesus. But it's not always with a personal conviction, nor does it form the framework of how they live. We may say we believe simply because, well, we were raised in a church. Or I've heard people say, well, I believe, but it, it can't do any harm. Or we find it fits in our lives at this point in time. What is lacking is a solid connection between those two words, I and believe. They're not woven together by personal conviction, trust, or confidence. For many, saying, I believe in Jesus pretty much has the same value as saying, well, I believe DJ's has a better deal on hamburger than the IGA. It may be perfectly true, but it has on no impact on how we live. For some, believing in Jesus has been reduced to 
a kind of magical thinking. We may not say it in these words, but the idea is, okay, Jesus, if I believe in you, then I expect that you will not let bad things happen to me. And with this false understanding secure in our back pocket, we pop into a church. I don't care which one it is. I've been on the Protestant side of the fence, I'm on now on the Catholic side. We participate in its liturgy. We sway with its music. We receive its sacraments. But without it making much difference in how we live. I recall a man who wanted to get married to his Catholic girlfriend in the church. He was previously married, had children, and divorced. And I asked him, as we are obligated to do, are you paying child support? And he said, no, I don't think I should have to. He insisted, however, oh, but I believe in Jesus. I knew another man who, by all appearances, was a very devout Christian, knew the Bible, loved to talk about Jesus, but he was a fraud. He alienated his wife and his kids. He manipulated his friends until they caught on and dropped him. He constantly lied to be the center of attention. He blamed everyone but himself for the mess he created. He frequently turned to booze for consolation. And all the time he claimed to believe in Jesus. You see, it's easy to say, Amen, I believe, when we go to Holy Communion, or when we conclude a prayer. Because let's face it, we're not putting much skin into the game, are we? When, however, the harsh side of life slams us directly or indirectly by slamming a loved one, what happens? We say, well, well, what good has been my believing in Jesus? I kept my end of the bargain. I went to church. I raised my kids in church. I went to Bible studies. I went to fellowship gatherings. I have, I've given to various collections. But Jesus didn't keep his end of the bargain. Ever been through something like that? I have twice. The first was when I was, was 16, and my father had died suddenly. I abandoned the church and religion altogether, or so I thought. Yet it proved to be a defining moment. It forced me to ask questions about life. Why is life so short? Why am I here? What is death? What happens to us when we die, if anything? In time, I accepted the grace to come back to faith with, I thought, greater maturity. Uh, that proved to be a, um, a wrong conclusion. The second time was when I was a young adult. I was just enjoying life. Life was grand. And suddenly I was unemployed, struggling just to scrape up enough money to make rent and the car payments. And it was at that time I went to a priest who patiently allowed me to sit on my pity pot and boo-hoo my litany of complaints against God. 
And he asked, are you done now? And I said, yes, Father. He said, good. You don't realize it, but this is your moment. And he asked, well, what does that mean, Father? He said, this is your moment to grow up and be a man. I really did not want to hear that. He said, God doesn't owe you anything. Where does he ever promise that life will be easy just because we believe in him? He promises to be with us as we struggle. And if you're willing to think about it, he's kept his promise to you. He promises a security that no one, no thing, no amount of things can give. But you made God into one of your creations. It's no wonder you're angry at God, because the God of your imagination is not God. That, too, was an awakening. As Lent intensifies and leads us into Holy Week, and as we prepare for the Lenten parish mission that starts next week, it might be a good exercise to ask ourselves, is the God I say I believe in, is Jesus I say I believe in, the God, the Jesus of the scriptures, or of my imagination? The first will ground us to be light for us, give us the grace to live in accordance with our true dignity as children of God and be secure in his love no matter what. The second, it will inevitably throw us into a horrible darkness and confusion of our own making. The Apostle John also gives a warning. He says, whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. How are we to understand this? God never denies anyone the grace to believe. Grace is the free, unmerited, unearned, undeserved gift of divine life freely given to us. It is, however, a gift that waits for our response. It's our responsibility to either accept it and allow our lives to be transformed by it, or reject it outright, or reject it by neglect. The choice is ours, and ours alone.